0: section 33 of how to sing this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by ruth golding how to sing by lily leman translated by richard aldrich section 33 how to hold oneself when practicing in practicing the singer should always stand if possible before a large mirror in order to be able to watch himself closely He should stand upright, quietly but not stiffly, and avoid everything that looks like restlessness. The hands should hang quietly or rest lightly on something, without taking part as yet in the interpretation of the expression. The first thing needed is to bring the body under control, that is, to remain quiet, so that later in singing the singer can do everything intentionally. The pupil must always stand in such a way that the teacher can watch his face as well as his whole body. Continual movements of the fingers, hands, or feet are not permissible. The body must serve the singer's purposes freely and must acquire no bad habits. The singer's self-possession is reflected in a feeling of satisfaction on the part of the listener. The quieter the singer or artist, the more significant is every expression he gives. The fewer motions he makes, the more importance they have, so he can scarcely be quiet enough. Only there must be a certain accent of expression in this quietude, which cannot be represented by indifference. The quietude of the artist is a reassurance for the public, for it can come only from the certainty of power and the full command of his task through study and preparation, and perfect knowledge of the work to be presented. An artist whose art is based on power cannot appear other than self-possessed and certain of himself. An evident uneasiness is always inartistic, and hence does not belong where art is to be embodied. All dependence upon tricks of habit creates nervousness and lack of flexibility. Therefore the singer must accustom himself to quietude in practicing, and make his will master of his whole body, that later he may have free command of all his movements and means of expression. The constant playing of single tones or chords on the piano by the teacher during the lesson is wrong, and every pupil should request its discontinuance. The teacher can hear the pupil but the latter cannot hear himself when this is done, and yet it is of the utmost importance that he should learn to hear himself. I am almost driven distracted when teachers bring me their pupils and drum on the piano as if possessed while they sing. Pupils have the same effect on me when they sit and play a dozen chords to one long note. Do they sit in the evening when they sing in a concert? do they hear themselves when they do this? I cannot hear them. Poor pupils! It is enough for a musical person to strike a single note on the piano when he practises alone, or perhaps a common chord, after which the body and hands should return to their quiet, natural position. Only in a standing posture can a free, deep breath be drawn and mind and body be properly prepared for the exercise or the song to follow. It is also well for pupils to form sentences with the proper number of syllables upon which to sing their exercises, so that even such exercises shall gradually gain a certain amount of expressiveness. Thus the exercises will form pictures which must be connected with the play of the features, as well as with an inner feeling. And thus will not become desultory and soulless and given over to indifference. Of course, not till the mere tone itself is brought under complete control and uncertainty is no longer possible can the horizon of the pupil be thus widened without danger. Only when a scene requires that a vocal passage be sung kneeling or sitting must the singer practice it in his room long before the performance and at all rehearsals, in accordance with dramatic requirements of the situation. Otherwise the singer should always stand. We must also look out for unaccustomed garments that may be required on the stage, and rehearse in them, for instance hat, helmet, hood, cloak, etc. Without being accustomed to them by practice, the singer may easily make himself ridiculous on the stage. Hence comes the absurdity of a Lohengrin who cannot sing with a helmet, another who cannot with a shield, a third who cannot with gauntlets, a Vandoyer who cannot with the big hat, another who cannot with the spear, a José who cannot with the helmet, etc. All these things must be practised before a mirror until the requirements of a part or its costume become a habit. To attain this, the singer must be completely master of his body and all his movements. It must be precisely the same with the voice. The singer must be quite independent of bad habits, in order consciously to exact from it what the proper interpretation of the work to be performed requires. He should practise only so long as can be done without weariness. After every exercise he should take a rest, to be fresh for the next one. After the great scale he should rest at least ten minutes. And these resting times must be observed as long as one sings, and not be filled with other tasks. Long-continued exertion should not be exacted of the voice at first even if the effects of it are not immediately felt, a damage is done in some way. In this matter, pupils themselves are chiefly at fault, because they cannot get enough as long as they take pleasure in it. For this reason, it is insane folly to try to sing important roles on the stage after one or two years of study. It may perhaps be endured for one or two years without evil results, but it can never be carried on indefinitely. Agents and managers commit a crime when they demand enormous exertions of such young singers. The rehearsals, which are held in abominably bad air, the late hours, the irregular life that is occasioned by rehearsals, the strain of standing around for five or six hours in a theatre, all this is not for untrained young persons. No woman of less than twenty-four years should sing soubrette parts, none of less than twenty-eight years second parts, and none of less than thirty-five years dramatic parts. That is early enough. By that time proper preparation can be made, and in voice and person something can be offered worthwhile. And our fraternity must realize this sooner or later. In that way, too, they will learn more and be able to do more, and fewer sins will be committed against the art of song by the incompetent. End of section 33.